the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, we have some lines available for you to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. And good morning, Mr. Rosenthal. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you this weekend? Well, I'm in a festive mood. You know, it's Paris's 2000th birthday today. So, you know, viva la France, I guess. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the one thing's going on. The Tour de France is going on over there. Yeah, it's the birthday, yeah. too. Are you, a, are you a, fr- a fan of the Tour? I do watch it. Yep, yeah. I do. I, you know, I, I, I ride, and uh, so I watch it. So it's fun. Yeah, I've got a bike, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. You need to come ride with me sometime. You're just too scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you show me up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no yeah. it's lots of fun. It's, it's a great way to get exercise. Um, it is. And, it and is. see the countryside, too. But uh, anyway, you know, that's that's something I'll never do is the Tour de France. That's you know, you never know. It could be uh, you. could be. I doubt it. I doubt it. Anyway, I guess it's <laughs> carryover from pre-turning on the, uh, uh, the button here, the, uh, you know, uh, pre-show warm-up. Talk, pre-show warm-up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I heard something carry-over. really good. We had a good jobs report, right? We did. We had a very nice jobs report uh, the other day, stronger than expected. Uh, economists expected about 174,000 um, jobs, and we created 222,000 non-payroll farm jobs. But, you know, some of the, the, the better part of all that basically is April and May payrolls added an extra 47,000 jobs that were previously not reported. So, yeah. you know, some upward revisions to all of that. So despite un- despite, you know, uh, employment gains, um, you know, wages were still muted a little bit. So that's that's still part of the issue is, you know, this, this recovery has been sort of a wageless type of a recovery, you know. And and um, so and we've been hearing a see lot of wages that. continue to rise a little, but it, yeah. they have been. So this is just a, a, a small little blip uh, on, fr- on Friday's report the oh, other day. I was going to say there's a big debate over, in fact, it's been big in the news the last week or so now about the minimum wage going up or going down and how that should be regulated. I, I didn't know what your thoughts were on that, but well, that is a great debate on, on it. And, and personally, I, I would rather see, you know, well, 
Yeah, it's just a whole political debate. Yeah, and it, it really is on on which side to go with. You know how how you go about doing that. I get it and understand that there needs to be a, a minimum livable wage, but if you take that minimum wage too large, then it will create some some uh, problems in in businesses as far as being able to expand and, and things like that yeah. so it's a it's a very balanced mixture thing at the end of the day though what we need to have is is pro-growth policies right. coming out of Washington if, if you were to shrink the size of government and expand the economy you know pro-growth policies throughout the economy wages are going to go up naturally mm-hmm. and and that's going to help drive up a little bit of inflation and growth but moderate inflation which is what the fed wants to have but without wages going up it's going to be difficult to drive inflation pressures you know right now the stock market and the bond market are actually telling us two different stories two completely different stories are coming off of of wall street right now when you take a look at stocks you know stocks are are, are continuing to run one of the problems is is if you take a look at at you know the true dynamics of what's driving the performance in the S&P 500 right now it's just a handful of companies basically so you, you if you picture a triangle in your mind that top corner of the triangle it's getting kind of tight and narrow up there and and when you take a look at at the the fiscal policy changes that are that are trying to come out of Washington you know the stock market's run up a little bit in anticipation of some of that and now with Congress fighting and bickering and all that kind of stuff, questions are out, you know, what's going to get done, when is it going to be done, and how much of it is going to be done. So those are all issues there, too. And with the backdrop of this, Chris, right now we're entering earnings season. You know, the second quarter, April, May, and June, came to a close last week. And corporations next week are going to start reporting their corporate earnings. Now, they are estimated to be higher in the, than in the last couple of quarters, which is good news. So, so. At the end of the day, fundamentally, people buy stock based off the future earnings of a corporation. So if, so if estimates come in as anticipated, we could actually see you know, more performance in the stock market. Then you flip the story to the other side of the bond market, and you're starting to see um, uh, you, you know, yields are still tampered down, although the 10-year the, the note did increase up to 2.38% this past week, which basically was a little bit of a rise. So, so what you're seeing then is is still the bond market is still talking about low, slow growth, low inflation pressures, that type of stuff. So right now it's kind of interesting. We're sort of at an intersection from a technical analysis standpoint of what's going on in the marketplace. That's why you want to stay diversified, have a little bit of this and that in your portfolio, and make sure you reduce your risk, basically, see? So, Chris, you hit me with a quick question, and I just start talking about it all, all the economy, all all the economics and and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, all in all, there's not too much, there's, you know, not really any terrible signs of a recession anywhere around the corner. We will have, and this is what people need, need to understand, we will have a pullback from time to time. The market will pull back and readjust from time to time. That doesn't mean that the economy is rolling over and you're going into a, a two, three-year-long recession. But we, you know, we have had seven pullbacks of 5% or more. One, one of them was 16% over the last uh, seven, uh, six and a half years. So, so you know, when when you stop and you take a look at that, and, and we lived through it, and we always will, you know, those are just normal pullbacks. The market gets ahead of itself a little too much, and I'm not saying that that's where it is now. Although the PE ratio is a little bit high right now, but but it's forward casting. It's looking into the future. 
anticipating these corporate earnings to come in. So if the E in the price-to-earnings ratio formula comes in nice over the next handful of weeks, then we could see the P.E. ratio drop back down again. So mm-hmm. it's all, you know, it's all playing around with it all. So, so, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, thing, things look okay. But again, big three things, looking at what the Fed's talking about here. They want to reduce their balance sheet, which is a good thing. But as long as they don't do it too much, they're definitely in a rising interest rate cycle right now. Take a look at corporate earnings going to be coming in over the next handful of weeks. And then as, as well as the fiscal policy, what's going to be coming out with uh, health care, tax and spend, uh, infrastructure building, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, so with a rising interest rate economy, what are the investments we should kind of be looking at? What sectors would be? You know, uh, when interest rates go up. The, the reason interest rates go up, Chris, in, in a very fundamental basic way is to slow down the growth in the economy because the Federal Reserve has two main mandates. One is price stability and the other one is maximum employment. So when they raise interest rates, it's going to create price stability. And what I mean by that is a very simple example. Let's suppose <clears throat> you go out today and you look at the car dealership and you say, you know what, wow, man, I'd really like to get this new car, hot rod car, really want to get it. But you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till uh, maybe Thanksgiving time and I'm going to get it. And you check it out and today the, you, know, you look and maybe your car payment might be $400 a month, let's just say. And then you go – over there at Thanksgiving time and interest rates have risen a little bit and now your car payments may be four seventy five and you go, you know, maybe my car can last another year. I don't want to spend that extra seventy five bucks a month for I'll the same car that I could have got five months ago. I'll buy a sixteen scale diecast model for that for now. Right, exactly. So as interest rates rise, it will create the cost of capital to become more expensive for individuals as well as businesses. And that will, in turn, slow down the economy a little bit. So when interest rates rise, it has an effect on certain investments. There are certain investments that you'll gravitate toward and certain investments that you'll gravitate away from as interest rates go up and down. So you just have to understand what cycle the Federal Reserve is in as to where you should be positioning some of your investments and moving some of your investments away from. So, And there's all types of charts and figures and all that kind of stuff to, to really get into. But at the end of the day here, you know, the first part of our show, I always like to talk about the economy and the markets and what's going on here with everything. Just keep your eye here on, on corporate earnings. All the talk over the next couple of weeks is going to be all about corporate earnings. And so, you know, it, it again, it is anticipated to, to be a little bit stronger than it was the last few quarters, which is a very good thing. Hey, let's open up the phone lines, Chris, and get some phone calls in here. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123, 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, if you have questions on the economy, how to read the economy, how to understand what's going on in the economy, How to ask what's going on in your retirement portfolios, the government TSP, your 401K. Give us a ring, 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Since. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. 
Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in and talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio, let me give you a phone number. It's 855-767-3123 and 855-ROSE-123. Have some lines available to talk to our financial and retirement expert here today right now. Larry, what were you doing in 1976? Celebrating the bicentennial. Why? Okay. Well, do you remember a song called Lean on Me? You Lean know, on me, yes. On me. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to get Bob Diener to sing it because he went to number one. <laughs> He's laughing about that. <laughs> He'd be great, Bob. He'd be great. Come he on, Bob, number... sing, man. He's got a great voice. <laughs> he does have a great voice. But yeah, back in 19, uh, 1976. Remember that song? Great. Great. Yeah, it? that's in the movie. Um... Been in a lot of movies, but yeah. Uh, remember the Titans. It is, yes. Yep. Very good. Yep. Ding, ding. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Bob, I don't, I don't remember. Still Maybe anything. not. Maybe not. Good song. Though. Hey, so some stats have been out here uh, by the accountability office. One that's uh, a little disturbing here, lack of planning. 52% of, of U.S. households with people at least age 55 have said they haven't saved up much money, if anything at all, in pre-tax contribution programs. Pre-tax but, retirement accounts. But what about the post-tax stuff? It doesn't say whether they It doesn't been, say, yeah. but, you know. Probably when, not when, much there either if you're not doing much in the pre. So. Well, when, when, when you stop, and it could be, but when you stop and look at it, though, that also means that, that you know, 48% of the people have. True. Which is good True. news, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Right? And don't forget, you know, I, uh, not, not too long ago I was speaking with someone and they were hemming and hawing about, well, I don't know if I want to put money into my 401k plan and, and then they let it slip out that their employer matches, I forget what it was, 3 or 4%. You know, that's free money. That's 100% interest on your money. When your employer matches you 3 or 4 or 5% or whatever it may be. Go get that money. Money Then on the if table. you put that in, that's 100% return on what you put in. Oof. So you really need to put those dollars in. De- definitely you need to. Um, so, so uh, you know, we're talking about all different subjects matters here this morning. If you have any questions on anything at all, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We also opened up our email bag. Again, let's introduce it again today, Chris, as we're starting it all over again. Years ago, when we first started the show, I mean, many, many years ago, we used to have an email bag where people would go to my web- website, LarryRosenthal.com, they shoot me off an email and, and ask questions. And I, you know, send out information. This week we sent out 
uh, lots of information on on bond ladders and and the state puts and and different things like that on how to protect your bond portfolio to some callers that to a caller that that, that called in and uh, you know so we get these email questions people go to my website again LarryRosenthal.com and shoot me off an email from time to time I'll read some on on the air here and and send out lots of information to people so here's the uh, email back oh no that's the McDonald's back here's the, yeah you got the McDonald's bag here, happening here's over your, there there's, right there's your email back there you go so so here's a question that we receive I've heard you from time to time over the years say how important it is to have different investment products in your investments uh, is it okay to have a mutual fund in large stocks along with large mature individual stocks and and so the answer is yes here. How's that? But let me go on and, and give a little bit of an explanation. So the, the, the writer of the email is basically saying, you know, is it okay to have a mutual fund in large company stocks, like maybe an S&P 500 fund? He, he or she didn't really say um, uh, it, what type of fund it is. They just said large company stocks along with large mature individual stocks. So so understand this. if. If you have money in, in a large company stock fund, there's a very good chance that, that a lot of it's going to be wrapped up in the S&P 500. And then if you go get a stock that's in the S&P 500, there's going to be a little bit of overlap there. That's okay as long as you understand why you're buying that stock. All right? So so you, what you don't want to end up doing is, is having all of your stocks – all of your individual stocks be represented in your mutual funds as well. So unless you you are really convicted that this that this this one or, or a handful of individual stocks are really going to to make or you know really going to add some value to your to the growth of your portfolio. So so the answer is yes, it's okay. But at the end of the day, there's also a way that you can analyze this. You can take a look at all of your different mutual funds and ETFs and stocks whether they're in your retirement plans or they're out of your retirement plans, whatever the case may be, and you can run what's called an overlap report. We have software in our office that runs what's called an overlap report, which basically says, well, hey, in this mutual fund, an ABC mutual fund, it represents these different stocks, boom, 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 and you also have them over in that mutual fund, and you have them in individual stocks as well. So basically, you know, maybe 8% of your portfolio is tied up into one stock position. How do you feel about that? Well, some people might get a little jittery on that. Some people might say that's okay. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that that you, asset allocation or diversification will help to reduce the risk when the markets start to go down uh, be, because you're, you're, you're not, you don't have all of your eggs basically in one mm. basket there. So very good question. And again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot me off an email. I have a follow-up question to that. I, I'm curious – and it's probably a silly question, and you probably will laugh at me, but when, you, when you're looking at your IRAs, both Roth and non-Roth IRAs, uh, ta taxable versus pre-tax stuff, does it matter, I mean, what the investments are in either one of those buckets as far as whether or not um, the, that bucket is an issue? So, like, if an IRA has one thing in it and a Roth IRA has that same thing in it, is there any strategy as to what kinds of stocks or, or bonds or tools you put in either IRA? Yes, there is. Let's let's 
first of all, let's break it up between a non-IRA account and an IRA account. So in a non-IRA account, you want to be aware of the mutual fund turnover each year. You want to be aware of the dividends, and you want to be aware of the bond interest that's coming in because all of those are taxable events each and every year to you, mm. okay? Whereas in the Roth or the traditional IRA or a non-deductible IRA for that matter, that stuff doesn't matter. The interest, the cash infusions that's going into the account, the turnover, the mutual funds, the buys and sells that you manually do throughout the year, none of that matters mm -hmm. because it's all deferred. That stuff matters in a non-IRA mm -hmm. environment, Chris. But now you take a look at, at length of time and spending between the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. So, so the one of the one of the, the the main things in financial planning is you want to spend your tax-free money last, okay? So, so you might want to take a look at having your Roth IRA be a little bit more growth-oriented than your traditional IRA, because the reality is, in most cases, you're going to have your Roth IRA come out last. You're gonna because at seventy and a half, you're forced to start taking money out of your traditional IRA, mm -hmm. the deductible IRA. So, so there will be different investments in there, and and there's a lot of different ways to go about doing this. One way is what we would call a core and explore portfolio, where maybe the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA have maybe, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty percent of the same investments. And then maybe 20 or 30% of the investments inside each one are a little different, okay? Mm -hmm. So, so you know, if, if you believe, hey, I like this, this particular investment, whether it's a mutual fund, an ETF, a stock, whatever it may be, has a core holding in my portfolio, well, then, you know, you probably want to keep that in all of your portfolios, right? But as, as you know, you can still differentiate on different pieces of your portfolio, sort of a core and explore approach. Hmm. So, interesting. Good question. Yeah, but that really goes to the timing and in, in the financial plan. What do you want to try and, uh, you know, pull dollars out? Plus, by, by looking to spend the Roth IRA money last, that's also an opportunity to pass on more tax-free dollars to your heirs as well. Yeah, so. I don't think anybody really knew about that strategy. That's where I'm sure people did, but I sure didn't. That was Well, it's definitely something you've got to really take a look at from a tax perspective. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, taxes are the most expensive thing inside of our investments. Mm -hmm. You know, you stop and think about it, and it's not buying and selling the investment. It's not the advisor fee or the commission you pay or whatever it may be. <laughs> it's taxes are the most expensive thing and we all have to deal with that oh, yeah. so definitely so hey give us a ring here at 855 rose one two three that's eight five five seven six seven three one two three you're listening to making money sense and i'm larry rosenthal and we will be back in a moment you are listening to making money sense live with larry rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buying confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller 
Your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We have some lines available for you if you'd like to ask our financial and retirement expert here in studio any questions about whether or not you're on the right track with your finances. Here's the phone number, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. I want to talk a little bit about sort of a non-economic discussion when it comes to financial planning and retirement planning, basically. And that is the transition into the retirement home. People are like, well, what are you talking about transitioning into retirement home? You know, and I'm not talking about the, you know, I'm talking about downsizing. The, right? Yeah, the downsizing home. That That's exactly right. I'm talking about and whether or not you're going to upsize that retirement home, where it's going to be, what you're going to do about it. Do that's, people actually upsize their retirement home? I do know people that upsize their retirement home. Why would you home? do yes. such a thing? I mean, you have more cleaning or I don't know. You know, it it just depends on on what you want to do. You know, some people have have lived in the suburbs all their life, and they want to go, you know, out in the country and upsize and get a farm or or something like that. You know, I've known, I've heard of people that save, 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 and they live really, really miserly. And then they, you know, when they've got a lot of money in the bank, when they retire, they're rich and they can do what they want. But they wait, they sort of put off that gratification. Is that something you see a lot of? Um, I, I see people save for, you know, different reasons. And, and, you know, if, if people are trying to save their whole life so that they can do quote unquote, whatever they want in retirement, Suffered all their life, yeah. they usually don't end up doing quote unquote, whatever they want to do, because it is a very tough thing to break your behavioral finance. Mm. And we've talked about that in the past. Uh, so people need to live a little, save a little. And understand that it's all the Lord's anyway. You need to be good stewards with it all. Balance. So, hey, let's welcome Lamont on the line. Good morning, Lamont. How are you today? Oh, uh, how are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? I was listening to things y'all were talking about, investments and so forth, and, and it's like Greek to me. But I wanted to find out where can one go to get educated when, you know, you, you really don't know anything about that. That is a beautiful question. That is a question that I asked for my first handful of years in this business. I don't understand what y'all are talking about. Uh, and Larry <laughs> does speak Greek, by the way. Just so you know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So so it is basically a a uh, uh, there's there's all kinds of websites and and places like that. I can direct you to some of them, Lamon. Mm-hmm. Um I actually have a listing of them in my favorites at at, uh, at at work where because I get a lot of these questions from clients. I believe a lot in, in financial education. And one, one website that I can send you to is the NASDAQ.com and click on, um, I think you click on uh, uh, news and then economic calendar. That's one place to, to, to look at it. 
Uh, but there are there are uh, some websites that I can send you out that will give you some some basic information, and I can also send you out some basic information um, all from classes that I teach on you know how a mutual fund works, what it looks like, the pros and cons of it, the purpose of it. Same with ETFs and stocks and and all of that. In addition to that, one of the best ways that you can really start to learn about investments is to really do them. I don't know if you have investments right now or not, but I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit as well. And and one of the things that you can do is you can just take a small amount of money. You can take $1,000 and learn a tremendous amount of of, uh, information about investments by simply opening up a, a little tiny brokerage account and buying uh, one share of this stock, one share of that stock, one share of this, one share of that, and watch and see how they move month to month, what they do, and and then you'll get a good feel of, of how things really start to work. And if as long as you study on it, you know. But some people that they, they, they have interest in it and they they um, absorb it all, and some people don't. But yeah. you know, I spend a lot of time reading. Uh, with, right. with, with it all, you know, especially I have to be, you know, I have to know what's going on being here on the radio show and, and the television appearances and things that I do and the articles and stuff. So, so you know, I, I spend a lot of time reading reading about it. And I can send you out some information on different websites to read, and that will give you some education and, and catch up on it. And then, you know, four or five months down the road, you'll be able to watch television shows and listen and go, well, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. <laughs> so that might be kind of fun. How's that sound? That sounds good, man. I'm coming into this a little late in life, you know. But anyway, uh Well it's uh, never too late, so if it if you feel that it's late then then you need to, to really take a good look at current current uh, living environment do you want to stay there when you do punch that retirement button and what the income and expenses are going to be looking like so so i'll send you out our financial planning toolkit as well to sort of give you a, a glimpse into down the road with retirement planning for yourself okay oh see i'm retired already that's why i say um, oh well that's good like maybe looking uh, to do a little legacy planning for your family maybe huh yeah that would be good yeah, yeah. Hmm. Could be. Well, Lamont, I'll put you on hold here, and uh, we'll get you. We'll uh, Bob will get your information. And I'll send you out some places that you can start reading and, and learning about it all. Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three, eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Can yes. You, can you make some mistakes when it comes to learning about? I mean, because you said that you, what you said was accurate. There will be some people that will be on these news shows that don't know what they're talking about, or they'll have a completely contrasting opinion. It doesn't really fit your finance, and it is your finance, right, that you need to be concerned about. I guess That you, is correct. Nobody's going to be a bigger advocate for you than yourself. That's why you need to hire a, a good financial advisor, yeah. um, you know, someone that knows what's going on, someone who demonstrates time and time again putting your, your interest ahead of theirs. And, and uh, so, so, yeah. I mean, um, the news shows are not really a place to learn about finance, really, are they? It's well, the speed of the new, the speed of the shows, the speed of the money shows. It, 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 they're cruising on that. They're, those conversations are going ninety miles oh, an yeah. hour, yeah. and you need to go into those shows understanding what they're talking about, pretty much. I mean, you can listen, and 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 you'll you'll start to catch up things, but a, a lot of times you will see conflicting points of view and that's what our market is Mm -hmm. that's what our economy is you know people have conflicting points of view 
on where you should be investing, what you should be doing, based off of all different factors. So, Chris, think about think about a hundred data points, real quick in your mind, and and can we do ten? I'm not good at a hundred. Okay, we'll do we'll do we'll do ten data points in your mind. Good, I can do that. You've got you've got ten. I've got the same ten, but but seven of mine, uh, you know, seven of the ten for me are more important and you have a different seven of the 10 that are more important to you. Yeah. So, so you, you know, you might say, you know, ISM manufacturing is a really, that, that number weighs a lot with me. And, and I might say, well, you know, personal income and expenditures weigh a lot with me, mm-hmm. you know, and you go, well, I, that, that doesn't matter, Larry, you know, the ISM manufacturing number because of this, this, and this. And I go, well, Chris, you know, the economy's made up of two-thirds of you and I as consumer spending, so I want to know what personal income and expenditures are doing, you know. And so, so there's lots of different a lot of opinions, a lot yeah. of, exactly, a lot of noise, and everybody reads the tea leaves a little bit differently there. So let's welcome Renee on the line. Good morning, Renee. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. How can I help you today? Yeah, I just wanted your opinion on what do you think is a good time for uh, a young person to consider buying a home? You know, someone around the age of 25 years old, been out of school a couple years, stable income, you know, good credit, no debt. Should they look at, you know, investing in a home or should they put that off and do other things? Two things real quick, Renee. First of all, you describe someone that sounds like they're ready to purchase a home. Um, remember, when you purchase a home, one of, the, one of the mistakes that young people make is they just sort of claw their way into the home, and they get into the home, and they realize, you know what? I don't have any money to put a fence up in the backyard. I don't have any money to put a deck on. I don't have any money to, to change the dishwasher or whatever it is. So make sure that when this person goes into this home, that they've got adequate cash reserves to put new curtains in and all that kind of stuff. Because everybody says, oh, yeah, we're going to get in. We're not going to change anything. And before you know it, little incremental <laughs> changes start coming in, right? And right. then a handful of years down the road, you go, why am I even going to the store? Because the house is already full, right? And, and yep. you know, just things like that. So make sure they have adequate reserves to get in there. And then the second part of the thing that you said is, is it a good time to buy a home at this age and invest in a home? When people purchase homes, they need to understand why they're purchasing it. Is it because it's your house, your home, shelter, where you're going to raise your family? You're going to spend time with your spouse, your children, teaching them values and benefits you know, that, that you have? Or is it simply an investment? So if you're purchasing shelter to turn it into a home, then treat it that way. Make it nice. Paint the walls. Do that kind of stuff. If you're purchasing a home to treat it as an investment, then treat it that way as well. Okay? Uh, so, so you really have to take a look at that. Now, one of the advantages that real estate brings to the table is the same disadvantage on the other side, and that is it is considered an appreciating asset, although it does not go up all the time on your particular time frame. Think about the people that bought a home in, 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 you know, in, in 2007, 2008, at the peaks of the market, of the last real estate market, right? Then mm-hmm. the, some of them are still underwater on that house, okay? So, so you, you, know, you gotta be, be aware of that. On the other hand, look at the people that, that, that just bought homes in 2009. They're way ahead of the game. See what I mean? So. Yeah. So 
understand where we are in the real estate cycle and understand why you're or why you're whoever you're talking about is buying the home for shelter to raise family or for an investment and treat it treat it accordingly that way so and thank you you raise a good point where are we right now in the real estate well, you know, we we, we are still consent, con, we are still continuing to see new home purchases, new home uh, permits continuing to rise. So, so the market is is very favorable right now. It really is, okay. you know. So, and 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 you know, real estate will have a, a bad reaction if we run into a recession, and we don't really see one on on the horizon at any particular point. So, people are very afraid of interest rates going up. It's going to kill the real estate market. That's really not going to be the case. Real estate prices go up and down simply based off the demand for housing. So, so take a look at at the demand. You know, I, I mean, you can, you can, you can take a look at the best company in the world, and you can go, wow, this company has just created the best thing that everybody needs in the world, but the stock price isn't moving up because nobody wants to buy the stock for whatever reason. Or you can take a look at the worst company in the world, and everybody's buying that stock, and the price goes up. So, so it's a supply and demand deal, basically. So if people are buying real estate, you're going to see it continue to go up. Now, with rising interest rates, Renee, what could happen is instead of somebody getting the three-car garage, they just might get a two-car garage instead. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's all. So understand, you know, take a look at school systems. Take a look at what you want to do. And remember, as, as young people are starting out in life, they tend to buy a place, and then 18 months, 36 months down the road, they're going, well, we should have bought a bigger place to begin with. So maybe give that conversation to your, your child or whoever you're talking to about that as well. Okay, great. Thank you. Excellent advice. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If you like, I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit that will help, help uh, whoever you're speaking to uh, really get down the road and build out a financial plan, okay? Sounds good. Yep, let me put you on hold. Bob will get your information, and we'll send it right out to you. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, it's open mic Saturday, Chris. Any questions at all, give us a call. Let's see what's going on. We're talking about how to understand uh, what's going on in the markets, the economy, sort of Wall Street speak. And then we're talking about real estate. When's a good time to purchase it? We're also talking about the transition into the retirement home, Chris, right? The yeah. trade up or trade down. We got to that. We talked about it a little bit, and I said I don't want to trade up. I would rather, you know, scale down. And you people said, do trade people up. People do okay. both. Yeah. Yep, they do. So, you know, when when you're looking at the transition into the retirement home, a lot of the conversations that I see on both sides, I see pre-retirement home purchase talking about the location. Oh, we've always wanted to move to such and such a place. We always want to do this, that, and the other. But I also hear on the other side of it of, you know, it really didn't work out that well because we don't like the activities that are around the area. Uh, our family's not around the area, and we got surprised with some expenses in the area. So, so understand where you want to move, you know, and and what you want your 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 home to be like in retirement. Maybe so, you should go down somewhere where you think you would like to live and rent for a little while, and if you like it, then there stay. is a big movement in people renting. They yeah. get out of their they they They're retire. They get out of their their home and they they go somewhere and they rent for a while. Okay, just to make sure it's going to stick, so to speak. Yes, I've seen clients do this, and and you know what? They're they're happier, and it works out. 
and 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 because uh, uh, they're not locked in, they can move back out if they need to. Correct. Yeah. That that is exactly correct. And when you stop and think about, you know, a rent payment is is probably going to be a little bit more yeah, oh yeah. than your taxes and insurance on the house anyway. Okay, just just slightly more. So you know, you're going to get less really space throwing too. away yeah. too much money. Okay, but you also cash out a lot of money from your existing home, and you stick that money in the bank. So. Lots of different ways to go about doing it, but the transition into the retirement home is sort of a non-financial, number-crunching conversation that is important for you and your financial advisor to really have. Where do you want to be? Do you want to follow the kids? Remember, the kids move. Oh, yeah, they okay? do. One of my good friends over in Ohio was telling me, yeah, we're going to follow the kids. And like, Well, you know what? The kids ended up moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got to be able to pick up and, and move at a little bit quicker pace i would think right you want to right. do that, so, that strategy so it is it is a very you know very good conversation and then and then in our 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 senior years you know where are your friends located what's going on what about you know how is it hard to get to the grocery store you know what about the doctors what about activities what about church all those types of things need to go into the discussion of the retirement home location the activities family members things like that let's take a quick break chris keep the lines open give us a call at 855 rose 123 that's 855 767-3123. Listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions. 855-ROSE-123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Here's our phone number if you'd like to dial in and talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio, Larry Rosenthal. The number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We've had some great questions here this morning. You know, folks that just want to start learning how to invest or what do they need to do with their portfolio to be able to retire in a nice way. Well, Larry's got those answers for you. Again, 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. In Proverbs sixteen nine, it says, "The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps." That's mm-hmm. sort of really true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Obviously, and we mm-hmm. sit here all time, all every Saturday, talking about financial planning and what what it is you want to try to do. And I spend 
many hours with clients throughout the week. Or so does our office staff, our advisors, you know, talking to clients about what they want to do. And ultimately, we, we need to remember that, you know, lay, lay all our plans up to the Lord. Yeah, gotta, He's going to direct our steps. Get him in there. It's all for him anyway. So, you know, we that's what we need to really focus on. And it's very hard, you know. And, and again, I teach a lot of classes in churches and things on the difference between man's economy and God's economy. And, and you sit down and you talk about all this money and financial planning and strategies and everything like that. And, and boom, all of a sudden you're realizing you're, you're sitting here in, in man's economy. You know, well, how do I get more and what do I do and all that stuff. And, and the reality is... God's economy, that's not the way that, that we really need to take a look at it. We need to understand stewardship, understand ownership, our role with it all, and, and, and that's sort of the, the big difference there. And, and one of the ways that people can really gain financial freedom is to understand who owns it and what our role is, and that it is the Lord's, and, and that will take a lot of anxiety and angst away from you when you're trying to, you know, quote-unquote, keep up with the Joneses and all that kind of stuff. Well, so. Sometimes it comes down to trust, doesn't it? I mean, who do you trust? Do you trust God or do you trust man, you know? Because sometimes That's it is, right. it is there is no trust in man. There isn't, you know? but we do it all the time, and especially when we're trying to do it. We even trust ourselves sometimes more than we trust God. You know? Right, right. And and one of the one of the challenges is, and this is in, in the, and, you know, I've gone out to many churches and I've taught this, and, and that is one of the challenges. You sort of hit the nail right on the head there, Chris, which is, you know, God has blessed us with assets, you know, the ability to go to work and earn a living. And now we have to figure out how to take those assets and invest them in man's tools, mutual funds, 401k plans, you know, all that type of stuff. Right. And and what do we do? What's right for us? How do we build it out? You know, and, and go go cruise through Proverbs a little bit, you know. Uh, you know who who's going to lay out and build 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 something without the plans properly put in place, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a financial plan for you, you know. So so lots I like of, how you said that. Cruise through Proverbs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I do. I do. It's good. Th- there's just so much about it. You know, the Bible talks more about money than it does anything else. Over 2,350 times. Yeah. Uh, so so lot lots in there definitely. You know, but sometimes Larry, and I guess it makes me human, but it's not necessarily the right thing to do. I tend to take those reins back, and I really should just leave them with God and and just listen to Him and pray more often. But I think it's it's a human thing to say, "Well, I want to do it my way," instead of giving that trust over to the Lord. It is a hard thing, Chris. You know, I mean, think about it. You're, we're all, you know, one of, one of the things in uh, my Bible studies is I always tell, tell tell people is is you know, hey, just stay on the Jesus ship and don't reach for the wheel, right? I like it. Well, it's kind of hard. You know, we we all do that. And when you stop and boil it down and think about it, you know, the Bible is very clear. We want to lay up our plans to the Lord for His benefit, and that deals with our money. We need to tithe, give additional gifts and offerings, you know, save. And and be prudent with our with our purchases and understand you know what what we're trying to do. So it reminds me of that song Jesus Take the Wheel. Remember that one? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So hey, you know, on another subject here, basics in estate planning. Don't get ahead of yourself. Time creeps up. You know, lots of people need to get their wills and their and their trust and things updated. When you have family situations that change, you know, a new grandchild, a graduation, um, a, a marriage, whatever it may be. Take a look. Do your annual review. Your your advisor should be asking you, you know, hey, when's the last time you updated your will? When's the last time you updated your trust? Do you even need a trust? What type of trust do you need? Are you doing your beneficiary uh, updates each year? Remember oh, there's we, a big one. 
Yep, yeah. we've talked a lot about that. Make yeah. sure your beneficiaries uh, are, are on file and, and updated and, and do do an update uh, audit is the word I'm looking for. A lot of people buy insurance and things like that, and they just take the defaults. They forget that you need to go in there and make some changes from time to time. That is correct. That is correct. You know, one of the toughest things, too, and, and again, we're talking about some non-number crunching financial planning concepts and subject matters this weekend here, but one of the subjects is, is and I find it very difficult for people to talk about, and, and I understand and, and it's one of the toughest decisions is how to leave money to grandkids that are young adults. Okay? You've got, you've got you know, think about, think about the age. You know, you've got somebody who, who might be 78 years old, and they've got, a gra- they've got some grandchildren that are 22 and 32 and, and all that. And, and how do you leave money to them? What's, you know, and, it just and, depends on the person, doesn't it? It does. It's it's different each time, and some people say, you know, I, I don't want to leave it to my kids because they're in their late fifties and sixties and they're doing fine. So I want to leave some to the grandkids. What do I do? I've got one grandchild who's got great earning potential and everything's doing great, and the other one doesn't care. He's out riding motorcycles or what you know whatever whatever it is that they're doing, and you know dirt bike jumping over the creeks. You know who, blow, who cares? Blow it on travel to Europe. You just never. Yeah. Know. So so how do you go about doing that? And 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 the answer here is there's no wrong or right way. I was explaining to a client earlier this week. There's no wrong or right way to go about making these decisions. These decisions are private and they're based off of 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 you know the family dynamics and things and and you don't have to run this by anybody these are these are decisions that need to be sat down and talked about with you and your spouse your you maybe some siblings or something like that your financial advisor can then help direct the conversations where you can sit down with an attorney and build out the estate plan the the will the trust whatever it may be so Hey, if you have questions on that, if you'd like to get our kit on the basics of estate planning, go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. It's 855-767-3123. Or give us a call with any of your questions or anything. Remember, next week we'll be doing another session of the email bag. So go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot me off an email. I'll be happy to come in and read your questions live on the air. I actually have a few more questions here I just haven't gotten to. Um, but uh, maybe I wanted... because I opened up the McDonald's bag instead of the email bag first. <laughs> no McDonald's, Kurt. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got to stay on that diet. Yep. 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 This is true. You know, it's constant diet. You know. Yeah. Anyway, it's always that way when you're in the you know over that over that four oh five oh mark. Yeah, I'm not going to say how old I am, but yeah, you know, get over that. It's a little bit more difficult to battle that bulge than it was when we were younger. Oh, is that the deal? Okay. <laughs> All right. That's my story. Now I understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So so that number once again, Larry, is eight five five seven six seven three one two three. He's laughing at me. Eight five five Rose one two three. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. But uh I you know I've got a couple more subjects here, Chris. We're just not gonna get into it, but I'll maybe I'll just do a little tease for next Saturday. We're gonna be talking about dividing your portfolio up into short Midterm and long term, and how to understand three different systems to withdraw money. You know, the 4% rule, the endowment way, and the endowment way with some guardrails. These are very important to, to uh, uh, understand so that you don't hurt yourself when, we, um, uh, uh, when you start to withdraw 
when we start when you really start to withdraw money during your retirement years. So I'm struggling for words here because I, I don't want to get into all this, but I, I I do want to. But there's lots of things like that that you can hurt yourself with. There's taxes. There's you know it just that's why you need that financial plan that you talk about all the time. Yep, that is that is correct. That is correct. Financial so again, go to my website LarryRosenthal.com. You can check out our resource center there as well as shoot us off an email with uh, any of your email questions, and we'll be happy to come in and read them next week on live on the air or email bag. You can also check out our upcoming events, seminars and things like that. We'll be cranking up our seminar season again here in the fall. We usually don't do any in the summertime because everybody wants to be sort of home and cooking their own burgers at at night rather than coming to a, a financial seminar. So we'll be doing those Again later. Maybe this. if you cooked your burgers outside and, and you know brought everybody over to your house, that might be you know a good time to do a seminar right there in, in the backyard. Huh? Yeah, that might work, right? Yeah, a, yeah. I don't know about that. I <laughs> well, know I know that, that you can cook a burger. That's yeah. one thing you can. Larry can cook a burger. There you go. He's there good at that. Yeah. Let's put let's uh, let's welcome Carrie on the line. Good morning, Carrie. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you very much. I have a question. Um, I really will. I would like to have a saving for my daughter in her future. Um, if something happened to me, and my the person to sell my house or ins- my insurance, my car insurance, she told me that they have one saving insurance that I can grab money if I need, or I can leave this insurance, and the money is growing. And I need to know if this is true. Well, it sounds like to me that somebody's talking to you about buying life insurance and using it as an investment for the future. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it's life insurance, correct. So so there are a couple of different types of policies that this can happen with, but they have to be funded properly. You have to really make sure that they're funded correctly. And and that would be something that I would want to look at the illustration. So I, w- I would probably tell you, you know, it's – I'm I'm a, I'm in the camp of having insurance cover insurance needs and investments cover investment needs. Okay, now there are in, there are insurance policies that will build up cash value that you may be able to use later in life down the road. But you know, if if you're really wanting to save money for your daughter, then I would probably save it because you know you're you're not going to have the cost of insurance inside that. On the other hand, you also need to take a look at the types of insurance that you need. If, you, if your children are young, you may, need, you may need to just get some simple term insurance where you buy a lot of insurance in case something happens to you, then they're going to be taken care of. Uh, so there, there, there's different insurance programs for different needs, but I'm, I'm more in the camp of being a little cautious to making your investments inside your insurance plan. And if you like, Carrie, I'll, I'll be happy to take a look at or my staff can take a look at the uh, – illustration that you're being proposed and we can help give you some guidance and maybe ask to turn back to your insurance agent and ask him or her some questions about it that you may not have thought to ask okay okay and and another question i have for him that i understand if i do like investments i will i always want to do that but i'm really afraid to do investments so maybe if i call back to your office maybe you can advise me a little more Right. Yep, we can definitely do that. So let me go ahead and put you on hold here, and then we'll uh, have some information. We'll have someone give you a ring next week. Uh, Bob will get, get your information. Appreciate the phone call, Carrie. You have a wonderful weekend, 
you listen to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email this week, and we'll be happy to read your questions on the air Your e- from our email bag. Lots of fun, lots of good questions, and we send out lots of information there. Next week, we're going to be talking about three different systems to withdraw your money in retirement so that you don't hurt yourself. We'll also be talking a little bit about some new stats that have come out from EBRI, Employee Benefit Research Institute, talking about who owns IRAs, Roth IRAs, rather, and who doesn't. And we need to make sure everybody gets on this tax-free bandwagon of owning some money in Roth IRAs. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. And again, we'll be back next Saturday with Making Money Sense every Saturday morning from 9 to 10. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And if you have questions during the week, simply give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.